Hi, welcome to the Meg Pearson Podcast. I'm your host, Meg Pearson. I am a student of life, mother, teacher, and self-care and abundance addict. I'm here to share my story as well as what I have learned through my 40 years of living and many life experiences that include personal bankruptcy, overcoming bulimia, alcohol addiction, and later in life pregnancy and motherhood. I have taken back my mental, financial, and physical health and even retired from my career in live television at age 30 to create the life of my dreams in Costa Rica. All thanks to my daily practice, commitment to growth, and many self-guided healing journeys. If you're ready to step outside of your comfort zone, take your life and health into your own hands, and finally feel truly connected and in love with your body and soul, then join me every single week. Are you ready? Let's do this. Happy Thursday, my friends. That is if you are tuning in on Thursday, which is the Meg Pearson podcast weekly launch day. I hope that you are doing well wherever and whenever you're listening to this episode, Bulimia, Bankruptcy and Bliss Part 2. So I'm super happy to have you guys joining me here today and to continue on this journey into um, my story where I've come from. A little bit of backstage for you. I'm currently sitting in my fifth floor condo overlooking the Pacific Ocean. Since I last recorded, since you heard my last podcast, I have moved house. My partner, my daughter, my dog and I have moved up in the world, literally moving up two floors in our condo buildings. We were on the third floor. Now we're on the fifth floor, which is a uh, such a gift because I can actually, sitting here at my desk, look out and see um, Playa Grande in Guanacaste, Costa Rica. I can see the beach. I can see the waves smashing up against the shore. I can see the beautiful mountains um, that surround that area of the beach. And I can see, of course, the palms overlooking the beach here in Tamarindo, Costa Rica. And that's where I'm coming to you guys from. So... Um, I've just got off a call with my amazing uh, a friend and spiritual just dynamo, um, a woman who I work with who reads my Akashic Records. So I'm going to talk more about that in upcoming episodes. Maybe I'll actually have Carmen on the show and we can speak to her more about that if you're curious. Um, but I just hopped off the call about 10 minutes ago with her and I'm all psyched and hyped up from the amazing things that we that we discussed. Um, just getting a lot of validation about my life's path and purpose and just feeling really positive positive about all of the changes that have been going on for me um, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually over the last several months. So stay tuned for more information on that and stay tuned for the unfolding. Today, uh, I'm going to pick up where I left off last week. So last week, if you tuned in, if you didn't, if you didn't hear episode one, please go back and listen to that one first. That's where I'm going to tell you about the first half of my journey in life. Um, and today I'm going to fill you in from where I left off to where we are today. So without further ado, let's get right into it. When I finished up last week, we were talking about how I had just left my career in television and had made the transition to to the holistic health world, essentially. Um, I was working at a, at a health integration center where I was managing the place and also teaching a bit of yoga and raw food culinary classes. When I first started out teaching the culinary classes, um, I was teaching them in church basements, you know, like I was renting out space in the basement of different churches around downtown Toronto and offering my workshops. And I remember my very first workshop, I think I had about four people in it, which was pretty amazing for my first go at it. Um, and then by the time I was leaving, uh, leaving Canada later on in 2013, I was getting an average of about 20 people per class. So it was around this time that I also discovered through an irregular pap smear that I had what they call precancerous dysplasia, 
which is just uh, um, abnormal cells in the, in the cervix that sometimes lead to cervical cancer. Now, my doctor told me that it wasn't so serious that I needed to do anything about it right away. But over the course of the next five or six years, it meant that I would just have to go back and have regular you know, checkups to see if these cells were at all mutating. So that was for a lot of the time in my 20s, I was dealing with that. And it was when I was 32 years old that I was really getting into this you know, plant-based way of living and committed to a six-month um, period of being fully vegan, that I went back to my doctor at the beginning of that time. And we checked and they said that I still had the precancerous cells. And they said, okay, two options, we continue just checking or we could book you in for a procedure that can remove these cells. So you won't have to worry about this anymore. So I said, book me in. So a few months later, after I committed to become vegan for the next six months, I went back in to, to have this treatment, to have this procedure and the cells removed. And my doctor checked me out and said, you know what? I never get to tell people this, but you don't need to have the procedure. Your cells are completely gone. And she asked me, what have you been doing? And I told her, I said, well, the only shifts I've really made is I've, I've been eating fully vegan for the last three months. And she said, well, whatever you're doing, keep doing it because it seems to be working. So that was one of the first real moments in my life that I realized the power of using food as medicine. And I have leaned heavily on a plant-based diet ever since because this was really, really potent. So this just led me further into this journey, further onto this path of using food as medicine. So I had done various different certification courses. If you want more information about some of the courses I did, well, one of them was Megan Telpner's Culinary Nutrition Expert Training Course. So this was the very first nutrition course that I did. And I did this with her in person in early 2012, mid-2012. And this was in her kitchen space, her studio loft in Parkdale, Toronto. Um, and since then, she has created this into an online academy. So it's the Culinary Academy. Megan Telpner runs it, the Culinary Nutrition Expert Training Course. There's tons of different options. The newest um, edition of this course is starting this September, September 2021. If you're listening to this um, in 2021, you can sign up. Enrollment is still open. They're almost full, but enrollment is open. You can click through the show notes for today's page and get out in for more, more information on that course. It's absolutely invaluable. I found it to be um, still to this day a potent part of my journey. So so I'd done that and I was starting to, in 2013, 2012, 2013, teach these classes. And it was while I was working at the Institute that Megan announced that she was offering a retreat to Costa Rica. So in February, the end of February, 2013, Megan was bringing a group of about 30 people down to Costa Rica to a hotel to do a, like just a wellness week with yoga, daily yoga and different um, excursions that were just going to help integrate a lot of the things that she taught um, in the culinary course, as well as in her her book that had just been released at the time, Undead diet. So I came down here in, in, in down to Costa Rica with her. So this would have been my second trip to Costa Rica. And a few days in, I started to really get to get to know the owners of the place. Uh, it was a little retreat center. I think it maxed out at 30 guests. And they were just, they just so happened to be looking for someone at that time that could be their resident raw food chef and yoga instructor. So there you go. As the universe does, when you have the right path that you are following, if you have the, the perfect path laid out for you, and if you're moving in the right direction in perfect alignment with your soul's purpose in life, the universe hands you things, right? So not only had the universe handed me this yoga teacher training that I fell upon in 2012 with a discount plan and a payment plan, I also fell upon Megan's training academy and then fell upon this trip and then offered this job, right? The universe gives you what you need. So I went back to Toronto after that trip and just started preparing for this move to Central America. I had always had in my heart the notion that I wanted to do some world travel, spend some time living abroad. My sister had done it. 
Um, I just had never been sure where, except for that Costa Rica was on my was on my go list. Um, I actually knew at some point that I would be living here. So when this came about, I was full in and started to get rid of my belongings, sold off all my furniture. And by September of 2013, I had not only done all of that to prepare to leave, but I'd also written a cookbook. So my very first um, uncookbook, I guess you would call it, Map Wellness Morsels, I wrote through the, the six months leading up to my move out of Canada into Costa Rica. Now you can get a free copy of my book, Map Wellness Morsels, through my website, meganpearson.ca forward slash freebies. I'm going to get a free copy of that cookbook, a digital PDF copy. But by that point, September of 2013, I was fully rare to go. So I used the, uh, the sales of that book. They helped pay for my plane ticket down to Costa Rica. I packed up what I wanted to bring in one big backpack, put a few storage bins at my mother's in the garage. There are actually still a couple of those there full of belongings um, and moved down here. So that was September of 2013. Now, over the course of the next year, uh, I really threw myself into my job, running through weekly workshops, teaching culinary classes. You know, I would run retreats where I would teach four culinary classes and daily yoga to groups of anyone for anywhere from three to 10 to 15 people. And my culinary abilities quickly led into me not only teaching classes, but also preparing meals. So I started catering. So whenever we had big groups there, whether they were there for my retreat or other, I would start preparing the meals. And me and uh, along with a small group of kitchen helpers would prepare breakfast, lunch and dinner seven days a week for different retreats. By the, by the end of 2014, I started to really understand that my abilities with raw vegan food was something that was going to be sought after more in the area that I was living in in Costa Rica because it still hadn't caught on that much. There wasn't a ton of people doing raw vegan food and catering. So I started to bring my raw vegan food to the farmer's market, selling little dehydrated snacks. So I was doing all of these retreats. And around the same time, I realized that I wanted to start to expand my knowledge. So during my downtime, I would fly to the States and do different training. At one point, I flew to New York City and did a raw food detox certification course, which was a lot about food combining and the, and the like um, with Natalia Rose. I was in LA for a while training with Matthew Kenny and just doing whatever I could to really expand my knowledge. So I kept continually learning more and more and more about plant-based food. And it was around that time that I met uh, a, a handsome Costa Rican fellow, and we quickly fell for one another. He was actually a, a cook at one of the local restaurants at the time, and him and I started dating. And a few months after we started dating, he moved in. And then a few months after that, we decided to get married. And it was a really, it was a really casual thing. We were just having a conversation one night, and we were discussing how we had to go to San Jose, the capital of Costa Rica, to pick up his daughter. He had a daughter from another partner. And while we were in San Jose, why don't we pop by one of his family members to get married because she was uh, a lawyer that would be capable of getting us married. So we thought, hey, why not? So in January of 2015, we got married. It was shortly after that that my mother found out. <laughs> and of course, you can imagine her surprise and also disappointment for not me not A, letting anyone know in my family that I was getting married and B, having a, having the legal marriage take place without anyone even you know being invited to come down and do that. So we started planning to have a ceremony taking place in April of that year. So in April of 2015, my mother flew down um, and I gathered a lot of people from my community and we I catered my own wedding. A friend of ours ordered a cake and we had a beautiful beach beachfront wedding and a little celebration in our complex where we lived um, at the shared clubhouse and pool. So that was how my, how my marriage began. It was shortly after I got married that I started to really experiment with my diet. Um, I was following a primarily vegan raw diet at the time, and I, I was not getting my period back. So I had lost my period, as I mentioned last episode, early on from my eating disorder. I was on the birth control pill for many years. Um, but when I got off the pill at around age 29, 30, I expected that I would get my period right back, and I never did. 
So when I was when I was 35 years old in 2015, I decided to start experimenting with some shifts to my diet. And it was only a few months into this where I started to eat a little bit more fat. I brought in a bit of animal protein that I got my period back. So all of a sudden I was I was back cycling and within a couple of months I was, you know, fully uh, a 28 day perfect cycle. So I knew that this was a good sign and part of me thought like, hey, maybe my body is ready to to come back into a normal state of health so that I can one day maybe think about having a child. But then I quickly pushed that aside because deep down I did not believe that I wanted to have any children. So while all this was going on, while I was really starting to look at myself a little bit closer and discover what worked for me and my body and my healing journey, uh, I started to also discover that my catering business and my cooking workshops were becoming more and more busy. By the time mid-2015, end of 2016 rolled around, I was starting to be fully booked up with retreats. So here in Costa Rica, a lot of the time what, what happens is hotels get booked out by yoga teachers from all over the world who are coming down to Costa Rica for a vacation, bringing a bunch of their clients anywhere, you know, from two clients to 30 clients to 70 clients, you know, that want to come down here and just have a week-long immersion into the beautiful um, country of Costa Rica, the the energy of being by the sea, um, to do daily yoga and eat, eat healthy, good food, right? So I started offering my cooking skills to these types of retreats. And for much of 2015, 2016, and 2017, I was booked up. I was cooking for groups of 10, groups of 20, groups of 75 sometimes, and I would be making them breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I got so busy that at one point I had to start hiring assistants. And and it was not too long after I started doing this that I realized that I could use my partner's help. So he quit his job working at the restaurant he was working at to help me with this. Around this time, I started to really think that we could really up the ante and try to double our income by doing something else. And it was around this time that a local bakery had come up for sale. So through some of our own investing and some help from my mom, we managed to get money together to buy this bakery and I decided that the baker would be my my husband's little baby because he had experience as a baker and I would continue running the catering business. So it was for much of 2016 that him and I were doing that. We were running both of these business and being very successful in it. But I still felt like I kept running into a lot of roadblocks. We would, the minute we would get ahead financially, something would happen, like the truck would have to get repairs or we, my partner would crash one of the quads or I would, you know, invest money in something that didn't bring me anything back in return. And I just felt like I was constantly running in circles with things. And I was also having a lot of my old fear around my body and sex coming up at this time as well to the point where I would have to really disassociate anytime my partner and I were were engaging in any sort of intimacy. So I started to look at other ways that I could work on healing myself. And this is when I discovered breathwork. So there was a woman in Nosara. Her name is Ashley Ludman. She she has been offering breathwork for many, many years. She's also actually one of the first yoga teachers I ever catered with. So she was offering a yoga teacher training, I think in the fall of 2015. And I signed up as the chef for that and started you know preparing some of the meals. And her and I Stay connected. So in 2016, she was offering breathwork classes at some of the local yoga studios. So I started att- attending those. And the power of the breath was absolutely astounding to me. During my first breathwork session, I was able to experience and feel and let go of so much anger. Anger that I didn't even know I had been carrying all of these years. Anger at all the men that had hurt me. Anger at having to allow or so I thought, these men to take from me. I got to feel at the sadness I had around all of this, all of these circumstances come up. And I was able to cry. I was able to scream. I was able to let go of all of this pent up emotion that I've been holding onto for so long. So I started going to these breathwork classes regularly to the point where I felt that I needed to take it one step further so that when Ashley put out an offering that she was going to be doing a breathwork facilitator training, so her particular type of breathwork is called breakthrough breathwork, uh, I signed right up. 
So I did that, and that was one beautiful, I think it was two weeks or 10 days immersion in this breathwork, and I felt so much, found so much healing, so much confidence, and from there, I was ready to start beginning offering classes of my own, and it was super, super potent. So it was beginning, beginning of 2016 that I also heard about a retreat center that was opening up about two hours north of where we were living in Nosara, and, and this retreat center was going to be offering plant medicine ceremonies, and, and I managed to, to get a meeting with the owner, and I got hired. So it was in March of 2016 where I went for my very first meeting. And by June of 2016, I had signed on and became the chef in charge of all the menus and the recipes. Now, when I signed on in June of 2016, I still had a lot of catering jobs lined up for the next six months. So I was kind of doing the commute, a very long commute through dirty gravel roads between Tamarindo and Nosara. And it was towards the end of 2016 that I realized on my healing journey that maybe it was time for me to reconsider my marriage. I had gotten into it very quickly. Um, I didn't feel like he was wanting to be along with me for this deep healing path on this deep healing path that I was on. So it was actually the end of 2016, New Year's Eve, him and I were on a catering event together when we really both, I think, realized that it wasn't working. So it was the next day, the the beginning of 2017, the first few days of 2017, where we had to have some deep, serious conversations about our marriage. and, and, And we decided that I would move out. We would separate. So this gave me the opportunity to to really fully step into my role. And uh, by March of that year, I had myself, uh, I rented myself a little house near Tamarindo. And by May of 2017, I had done another bit of training, some more certification courses, some affluent certification courses as an affluent coach and made the move. So in May of 2017, I made the move up to Tamarindo. So that move involved me leaving not only my partner, but also leaving the bakery behind, also two dogs, but I felt really, really confident in doing so. So when I moved up here, I started to get really involved in the plant medicine world. And through much of 2017, I was, you know, drinking medicine. I was traveling. This is, it was in 2017 where I, where I did a bit more of a deep dive into myself by doing some Tony Robbins. I flew up to New York City and did one of his Unleash the Fire Within events where you walk on the fiery coals, as you may, some of you may have heard about, and I did that. Um, I also traveled to Portland, Oregon, where I did this amazing shamanic breathwork and drumming ceremony. I was dabbling in breast massage exercises. I was doing kundalini. I was doing a lot of amazing stuff to help heal all of this wound trauma that I'd been, you know, I felt was really holding me back, not only in my ability to have a beautiful, intimate relationship and loving relationship with someone, but it was also holding me back in my creativity. It was also holding me back in my ability to welcome in full abundance and wealth and prosperity into my world. So it was a lot of, lot of healing. So this was a deep, deep, deep um, period of, of self-discovery for me. And it was towards the end of 2017 where I did one big plant medicine ceremony that finally, after 15 plus years of drinking every single day, it took one night of plant medicine on October 28th, 2017 for me to wake up the next day, end of ceremony, completely sober. And I have been sober ever since. I have not had the desire to touch a drop of alcohol since that day. So I'm eternally grateful for this journey I've had with plant medicine and and the breath medicine and all of these different modalities that have been able to bring me to this place of absolute healing and connection to myself. Now, it was around the same time that uh, I got sober that I started dating someone. And this this was a, a relationship that I think lots of you might recognize the term polyamorous. So I was dating, I was actually dating two men at the, t- at the time who were both aware of each other and, and they were also dating other people. And we were all aware and it was all beautiful and above board. And this was one of those relationships that involves a lot of open honesty, communication. And it really taught me a lot about who I was, 
what I wanted in life, what I wanted out of a relationship, what character traits I found most important in a partner and a mate in life. And and this was a relationship that was really, really beautiful for me. And I learned so much about myself. And by the end of that, that ended in April of 2018. And I realized that I was actually ready to find true love. So over the course of the next few months, I I did. I I, I really explored and I started dating. And and I look back now and I realize that the universe was just kind of putting me through a Rolodex of men. All of the lessons that I needed to have around men in my life kind of flashed before me through through 2018, starting at, you know, with that polyamorous relationship. And then it was another man that I met who I ended up traveling to Croatia with and spending time with there, only to quickly realize that he held a lot of the same attributes of my patterned bad habits that I've had with men in my 20s. So that I quickly let that relationship go. Then I started dating another man who was a, a chef and a beautiful soul. And we taught each other a lot. And and then it was in September of 2018 when I finally decided to fully make the declaration to the world that I did not want to have children. After all of these years of doctors telling me not being able to have kids, I decided, you know what, I'm just going to make the declaration that I don't need to have babies. I was 37 at the time and... I don't know how many of you guys are familiar with the notion of the female archetypes of maiden, mother, and crone, but um, I'm going to get a lot more into detail about that in a future episode. But I declared that I'd stepped into my mother archetype simply by being who I was in the world, offering nourishment to souls through my food and my cuisine, and, and that I did not need to birth a child in order to be a mother. About a week and a half later, I went into a local tattoo shop here to get a tattoo, and there was this cute redheaded man who was my tattoo artist. And he overheard me discussing with my friend who was with me about my divorce that was finally happening. And he asked me for my divorce lawyer's number. Now, at this point, I just want to rewind to 2017 when I did a stem cell treatment. And it was in the holistic retreat center that I work at. And one of the women that was there was giving me, offering me a meditation during the treatment. And during that meditation, she had a vision. She had seen me holding a tiny redheaded baby and and I had another red-haired child beside me. And she wanted to share that with me. And I thought that was absolutely hilarious. A, because I'd never had any sort of interest in a red-haired man. So how would I ever have red-headed babies? And B, I don't want to have kids anyway. So Fast forward again to this tattoo shop in September of 2018, this red-haired man, this red-haired Canadian named Levi, and I hit it off. That day, we exchanged phone numbers um, so that I could offer him my, my divorce lawyer's information. And about a week later, we went on our first date, which was actually a barbecue he was having at his house. And we started dating, and that was it. Fast and furious, we fell for each other. And it was almost from the very beginning, seeing him that I had this knowing in my heart that this was the man I was going to have gray hair with. And thankfully, I felt that way because it was about two and a half months later. So we started dating in September and it was mid-December that year when him and I were on a trip to Canada to visit my mother that I did a pregnancy test and found out that I was pregnant. Now, as you can imagine, this was a massive, massive shock to me. Because of my years of being told that I wouldn't be able to have kids, I hadn't been using protection for a decade. (laughs) Let's be honest. And I had never once had a pregnancy scare, not in my marriage, not with any of the men that I dated, not with my first fiance, nothing. Never, ever, ever did I have a pregnancy scare. So I was convinced 100% that I could not have children. Now, my partner had shared with me also early on in our dating uh, that he would not be able to have children because of a, a motorcycle accident that he had had. So... 
You can imagine the shock on both of our faces when that positive pregnancy test came out. And it was only because I was, I realized I was a few weeks late for my clockwork period that I decided to do the test. So that was in December of 2018. For the first couple of days, I I told my partner, I had told Levi, like, we're not going to discuss this. I'm not pregnant. We're not even going to pretend that this is real until we get home to Costa Rica. Let's just continue on with our vacation. But um, it wasn't 24 hours after me saying that, that he found me in one, in one of the bookstores reading up on pregnancy. And that was the moment that I think we both knew that we were going to have this baby. So very, very exciting. As soon as we got back to Costa Rica, we went to the doctor and we started making all the plans. And... By February of 2019, so at this point I was about four or five, four months pregnant, um, I was having really, really horrible morning sickness, couldn't get out of bed, it was just feeling really, really rotten. And one day, one Sunday afternoon, I went to work and I was preparing to do a live cooking video when all of a sudden I felt my whole body begin to go numb on the left side of my body. I lost my vision and all of a sudden I couldn't hear. And so I fell down onto the chair at the desk that I was near and called for, for my then food and beverage manager. I said, listen, I need to go to the clinic. So we went down to the health clinic and over almost immediately we decided I needed to get to the hospital. So we called Levi, picked him up on the side of the road and my food and beverage director, Kenneth, myself and Levi were in, you know, a high-speed race to get to an emergency room, which is about an hour um, from where we live. So you can imagine our, all of our panic as we were in the car. Well, we got to the hospital um, and did a battery of tests only to discover that, you know, the only explanation they could have was that I had a transient blood clot travel through my brain that caused stroke-like symptoms that seemed to have passed and because I seemed fine at this point. But to make sure that nothing else was more serious, they prescribed me some emergency blood work that would require me to fly to San Jose. So San Jose, the capital city of Costa Rica, is about a five-hour drive from where we are. So the next morning, Monday morning, I got in a plane and I flew to San Jose, did a bunch of blood work at one of the big hospitals there, and then on Tuesday flew back to Tamarindo. Now, I was feeling okay at this point. So Wednesday, I had plans to drive down to Nosara, two-hour drive, like I mentioned, to visit some friends. So I did that. I got in my car and I drove down. So it was around five o'clock that Wednesday afternoon. I was all unpacked at the hotel and I got back in my car to my truck, it's a big SUV, to drive to the beach to meet friends for sunset. When I drove out the laneway, I got to the top of the laneway and had to stop for traffic and my engine failed. And along with my engine, my brakes failed. And then all of a sudden, this massive SUV, so this was a Mitsubishi Montero from like 2008. So this was a huge truck. It began barreling backwards down the driveway, off the driveway, through the jungle, bouncing off a few trees to finally come to land at the very bottom of this very steep hill, teetering on a bank. And it happened so fast. And I just remember feeling the car stop, grabbing my stomach and just screaming. Not because I was in pain, but because I was absolutely terrified. And it felt like hours, but I think a few minutes later, one of the staff at the hotel saw the truck, came down, called the ambulance, and and then eventually an ambulance came. And I was loaded into an ambulance on a stretcher and and I got rushed to another hospital, which was about an hour and a half drive in the opposite direction from the hospital I'd been at a few days prior. Now, the concern was that I was pregnant and they wanted to make sure that everything was okay with the baby. So they had me on an IV and and my girlfriend had, had at this point shown up at the hotel and loaded herself into the ambulance with me and off to the hospital we went. About two hours later, we arrived to the hospital and all I wanted to do was hear my baby's heartbeat. And when they finally brought us in to check me, 
it seemed like a lifetime before they could locate my little Kobe's heartbeat, but they did. And the gratitude I felt for my healthy body in that moment and the gratitude that I had that my little girl, that we were only, you know, four months into the pregnancy and that she was so encompassed in fluid and and safety in my womb washed over me. So of course, this was devastating. Levi at that point had made it to the hospital and he was there. And uh, what a rough week, right? A rough week for everyone, a rough week for, for me, for Levi, for my baby, for all of us. But looking back now, I can just trust that this was, you know, the universe's way of just making sure that we got into harm's way before she, before Kobe got to planet Earth so that we could ensure both of our safety and to remind us, both she and her, that we are warriors and that we are survivors. So gratitude to all of the healthcare workers that showed up, the emergency workers, the hospital staff for, for getting us through that crazy, crazy week. And it was about a week later after that that I did get results back from my testing, my blood testing, and it did turn out that I do have two genetic blood mutations that caused my blood to, to clot more readily than other people's blood. So I probably would have never known about these blood mutations if I had never gotten pregnant. But when you are pregnant, you do pump a lot more blood through your system. Your body produces a lot more blood. So I had all of this extra, extra blood in my system and therefore it was thick and therefore it was much more readily to clot. So for the rest of my pregnancy, I was put on a an injectable blood thinner, um, one that I had to um, inject right into my stomach or the top of my thigh every single day. Um, it was the only type of blood thinner that I could take at the time in Costa Rica that would not cross the, the placenta barrier. So it was the safest one for me and the baby. And that actually helped subside a lot of my symptoms and brought me into a safe place for the rest of my pregnancy. So on July 31st of 2019, my daughter was born around 11.25 p.m. Costa Rica time, Kobe Grace Moody Pearson. And my life has never been the same ever since that day. And I'm going to tell you guys more about my my birth experience in another podcast episode. Um, it was not what I had hoped and dreamed for, but we we did end up with our healthy baby. I have had to do a lot of healing around that birth and the trauma myself since then. And I will talk about that more in a separate podcast. So motherhood, right? Oh my God, I could feel... 100 podcasts just talking about all the massive shifts that have had to take place for me, um, my identity, how it has changed. So much of who I was before Kobe is is different from who I am today. And I'm so grateful for it. I could never imagine my life now without Kobe. I feel like I had such a strong sense of my purpose in life before I found out I was pregnant. And now that I have Kobe in my life, I sit here saying, what the fuck was I doing before? You know, so, so much gratitude for this massive surprise transition into motherhood. And it has helped heal so much in me. It's helped me focus more on what's really important in life. It's shifted my values. It's changed the way I see the world, changed the way I interact with people. It's changed so, so, so much for me in such countless, miraculous and beautiful ways. And I'm so, so grateful for it. So my mission in the world now is to make sure that my daughter grows up in a world where she knows that she can trust herself and that she is safe and that her body is hers and that she does not need to change herself for anyone else. And I also want to continue to work with other women and, and men out there who are feeling any sort of mistrust in themselves, the loss of connection to their innate and divine wisdom, their intuition. You know, I help guide my clients to not only food freedom, but also a place of financial freedom and feeling that they are abundant in more ways than their bank account says, and that clearing 
their blocks around what they believe life should look like and how they believe they should be acting based on conditioning and not self-identities, you know, and clearing all of that out so that we can all become most authentic versions of ourselves. That is my mission. I believe that the vast majority of people out there have no idea how disconnected they are from their truth. So doing my part in offering out my authentic self through this podcast and all of my my offerings through social media, my my one-on-one coaching, my group programs, all of this stuff that I'm building and have currently been offering up to the world, this is my contribution. I want you guys to to really feel that you can be yourself with me, but more more importantly, with yourselves. So I hope that this podcast will help guide you and inspire you in the ways that you need it. Um, I'm going to be speaking a lot about human design. I'm going to be speaking more about breathwork. Um, Stay tuned. I have an episode coming up in the next couple of weeks all about breathwork. I'm going to be using my skills as an integrative health coach, my current newest skills as a doula that I'm certifying right now as a life doula and birth doula. I'm doing my own growth as a spiritual coach right now, a certification course I've been working on for about six months. I'll be doing it for another six months, working really deeply in, in that human design world. And I want to be able to just show up for you guys in the best way possible to give you the best information to help you guys heal yourselves because you got to remember that you are you are the medicine right what are all of these different modalities of breathwork ayahuasca iboga bufo meditation yoga what are all these tools meant to do they're meant to just remind us of the truth of who we are that we are divine that we are perfect and it's just bringing us back to that to that knowing it's bringing us back to our intuition bringing us back to the remembrance that we have everything we need within us to heal ourselves and and once we get to that point in alignment with ourselves and our truth then we really really truly can heal ourselves physically just by eating the best food which is plants a lot of plants not all plants for everyone but lots and lots of plants. So that's my mission with this this podcast and for everything that I do. Now, if you guys want to stay in to date on all of my offerings, you can join my newsletter. Just hit meganpearson.ca. That's where you can also get a free copy of my cookbook, Map Wellness Morsels. You can learn more about my one-on-one coaching. Um, hit my Instagram, at Coach Meg Pearson. And of course, please follow at the Meg Pearson podcast to stay connected. And if you guys have any topics that you would love to hear me speak more on, please let me know, send me a message, leave a comment here on the podcast page, email me meg at meganpearson.ca and let's stay open and communicating because I am doing this for you guys. So I want to hear from you. So that's it, my friends. I hope that you guys have enjoyed this podcast. I hope that you feel inspired. I want you guys to know that if I can do it, you can do it. So stay on your path, stay connected to your truth. We're all just walking each other home. So until next time, guys, have a beautiful day and a beautiful week. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening. Please, if you would be so kind, I would be grateful if you could share, subscribe, rate, and review the show. Please follow us over on Instagram at The Meg Pearson Podcast and share what you thought about this week's episode. Don't forget to tag us. For more info on today's show, please head over to the podcast webpage at meganpearson.ca forward slash podcast. Until next time, lovers. Ciao for now.